Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hi, this is Laurel. Welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks. It's a podcast where we're talking about how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest money in this extraordinary economy where we have some of the uh, newest industries making more millionaires and billionaires than we're going to see it probably in the history of our life. It's a cool time to be alive and make money. So I always interview extraordinary people. I have known Steve Volcher for years. I don't even recall when we first met. We just started doing a lot of stages and a lot of support on each other's books. And uh, he's an extraordinary man who knows a lot. He's known for his reinvention expertise. And uh, we're going to talk about what is your what? You know, a lot of people, and Steve, I, I know this as well, I can ask people what they want and they start with telling me what they don't want. So I think it's really critical that we guide and give some direction to how people decide what they're going to make money and how they're going to be doing it. So Steve's famous for helping individuals and corporations become exceptionally clear on their what. What's the one thing that we are created to do? His practical, no-holds-bar approach to life and business propels his clients to achieving massive profitability. And that's what we're here to talk about. So, Steve, welcome to uh, Laurel's World Money Talks. I appreciate you having me on. Good to connect again. Yeah, it's good to hear from you. First, give a little background on you. Like, what have you all done? Why should I listen to Steve Bolsher? I mean, I know you're amazing, but our listeners from all over the world need to know you. Yeah, so... um... It's interesting. I've uh, just always been wired as an entrepreneur, I think much like you. And my entrepreneurial endeavors go all the way back to when I was old enough to pick a rake up and just start to move some leaves around and get paid for it and grab a shovel and shovel in sidewalks and driveways, right? So just always naturally been wired as an entrepreneur that led to some pretty interesting endeavors, including opening up a nightclub when I was 19, which yes, it was a non-alcoholic nightclub. But that uh, that was my first true entrepreneurial venture, if you will, that then led to a whole bunch of other worlds from catalogs and dot-coms and launching online on CompuServe's Electronic Mall in 1993. That company became Liquor.com in 1998 when we bought that domain in real estate development, which I'm sure you can appreciate, and doing a lot of uh, work in this speaking and authoring and podcasting uh, and coaching type worlds as well. And now I've got a live event that I do, uh, which is a heck of a lot of fun, called the New Media Summit, where we bring in 40 top podcasters and we give 150 attendees the opportunity to meet them and pitch them, and they literally get booked on the spot, and a number of other uh, entrepreneurial endeavors outside of that as well. But uh, it's been it's been a long, strange, fun entrepreneurial journey for the better part of 30 years. That's awesome. So uh, before I ask, you know, we kind of dive into the what conversation, what's been your favorite of all those lives? Because I love, you know, when I'm uh, interviewing another colleague who's got 20 plus years experience, and we've had a few lives. So which was your favorite life? (laughs) Yeah, right. So, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I will honestly say that at the time, those lives were exactly what I wanted to be doing. You know, I mean, just I know it sounds like a cop out, but you know, when I opened the, when I opened the club, I really wanted to open the club. You know, when I was launching the business online back in '93, I just I loved what was going on with the internet. I just I knew there was going to be a big opportunity there. So at the time, CompuServe was 
the big dog in the game, right? So going into that world and then real estate development. And now I put a book on the New York Times list and coaching and speaking. It's just, again, it's kind of a cop out, but you know, I love what I've done over the years. And at the time it was exactly what I, what I really wanted to be doing. That's great. I would agree. I think uh, it's very uh, purpose driven. So Steve, I'm going to start with just some you know questions and we'll end up in a conversation about a lot of this because we both live and believe and breathe this way. But in your latest book, what's the one thing that just, just talk with our audience about the one thing that prevents somebody from living the life of happiness, fulfillment and purpose. Yeah. What is it? And why does it happen over and over and over? I don't know how many countless authors have brought this to the world's attention that this is critical, but you talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, look, I'm not the first one to talk about understanding how you're naturally wired to excel and what really puts fire in your soul, right? That's I'm certainly not the first one to talk about passion or purpose or whatever it is that you want to call it. I just am the first one to create the, the what is your what framework that really helps people to answer that question rather than just kind of dancing around and trying to figure out what those answers are. So I do really think that being able to answer that core question of what is your what is what's going to separate those who just kind of meander through life from those who really do wake up with the fire in their soul and there just aren't enough hours in the day to get done what they got to get done. And, you know, things that used to bother them will carry a lot less weight when you're focused on who you are and what it is that you're truly compelled to do. And so after having been through so many of those different modalities, whether it's Myers-Briggs or what color is your parachute or strengths finders, you know, those sort of things, most of those just left me with more questions than answers. And I had always, as well, as you've mentioned, and as we've talked about, I've always been one to reinvent my life. And you know, when you're in that continual state of reinvention, you kind of scratch your head and you go, maybe I'm missing the bigger picture here. Like maybe there's something I really need to be doing that I'm not doing. And again, after having gone through so many of those modalities and not getting to the answers that I was looking for, I created what I thought was a pretty simple framework to help people get to those answers. And that's where the book, What Is Your What came from? Because really, I wrote the book that I most needed. Yeah. So talk about that framework, those three simple steps of how to get to that what. Yeah. So what I realized and around 2000, more specifically 1999, I started doing a bit of teaching around entrepreneurship and trying to help people create their own businesses and just do something that was fulfilling for them. And then as that decade progressed in 2009, I started doing something called the Reinvention Workshop which was a a live workshop where I would help people to try to figure out how to start a business and reinvent their lives. And as we kept going through the exercises that I was having them go through, it really became clear that if you could just get to the core answers of what is your gift, that primary gift that you have, the core gift, whatever you want to call it, whether it's communicating or enrolling or protecting or entertaining or healing or teaching, right? I mean, there's There's about 30 core gifts that I identified. And so if you can identify what that core gift is and then identify the primary vehicle that you will use to share that gift. So, for instance, if if your core gift is, let's say, it's healing, then an example of that primary vehicle might be massage, right? Just that's kind of how those two work together. 
And then once you have your gift in your vehicle, it sometimes starts with this third piece of the puzzle, sometimes ends with this third piece of the puzzle. There's no right or wrong process here. But ultimately, the real question then becomes, who are the people? The people that you are most compelled to serve. And again, having taken thousands of people through the reinvention workshop and then implementing that particular framework, it just became so obvious to folks that when they were able to identify their gift, their vehicle, and their people, that they were truly able to hit the ground running and get started. And literally, you can get started that same day with helping those that you're most compelled to serve by leveraging your, your core gift through that primary vehicle. And so it's, it's a really powerful but simple framework that uh, just was an organic process, but it really just boils down to understanding those three things. And if you can get the gift of vehicle and the people right, pretty much everything else falls in place. So talk about the, your why versus your what. I mean, my God, has there been how many books written on, you know, know your why, know your why. And I'm in your camp because I have the same issues with money. You know, if, if I change my mindset, I'll have a different. No, you won't. Get mm. some money in your pocket with how to do it. And then your why will get uncovered. Because right now, I think, especially with money, you know, people don't, they get very contained and yeah. they like accessing their why or their bigger purpose. Hell, they just need to pay bills today. Yeah. Like that is such a conversation they can't even get to. So I'm with you in the find your what and the why will come from it. But, you know, share your model with that thing. It's brilliant. And it's funny. So we have a show called Reinvention Radio that we've been doing since about 2009. And we had Simon Sinek on that show and we had a nice little conversation of the why versus the what. Right. So that was that was interesting. Um, and he'll tell you it's just a semantical difference. But I don't think so. To me, your why is is external. It's something that you choose to drive you. In other words, you want to take care of your family or you want to feed starving children in, in Africa or you want to provide clean drinking water for the people of India. I mean, like whatever it is, it's something that you, you choose and it's external. Whereas your what, and if you could see the cover of, uh, of the book, What Is Your What?, you'll see that the only graphic element we have on that is a DNA strand, right? Because I do believe that your what is really internal. And it reflects how you're naturally wired to excel. And ultimately, I believe that your what really has chosen you. And it's not that which you have chosen, right? So you can choose your why. I don't think you can choose your what. Interesting. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's absolutely critical. It's just, you've helped so many people change your life with the, you know, what. So talk us through. They find their gifts. They find their vehicle. They find their people. How does that process then take us to that next step? So that mm -hmm. that's identified, then what? So for most of us mere mortals, we have to keep our day jobs, right? And so a big mistake that I see people making is they just jump straight into, okay, I figured it out and I'm going to just go do it. And reality is, I mean, unless you're, well, with a, a trust fund or a silver spoon or whatever you want to call it, or you've, you've attained financial freedom on your own, you can't just up and... and quit whatever it is that you're doing that brings in money, right? So what I know is that there are a lot of hours in the day and whether it's getting up an hour earlier or using that time on your way to and from work or your time after work or being very productive on the weekends, there's a lot of hours in the day. So what I highly recommend that people do is they, they start moving down the path of their what in those off hours, if you will. And 
you know, one of my firm beliefs, and I'm sure you can speak to this till the cows come home because this is what you're so expert at. But one of my firm beliefs is that the success of a business and the revenue it generates is a direct reflection of the number of offerings that it has and the number of times they ask people to enroll in those offerings, right? So one of the things that you need to start thinking about doing is creating some sort of offering so you get paid for your what and begin asking people to enroll in it. And right now, if 100% of your income is derived from what you don't want to be doing, aka your day job, then that's okay. It just means that as you start putting those offerings forth and people start saying yes, then it's kind of like a recipe mixture. And now a little bit of income is derived from your what, and most of your income is derived from your day job. And so let's just call it you know, 99.9% of your income from your day job and 0.1% from your, from your what. And then as you offer this more and more and more people say yes, then that recipe mixture just starts to shift. And you get it to 90-10 and 80-20 and 70-30, 60-40, et cetera, et cetera. And eventually you'll figure out when you can cut that rope. And I will also say this, that you know, and for most people to cut that rope, you need to have the, the amount of income that you had with your day job or at least enough to cover what your monthly expenses are. And so, uh-huh. as you know, Laurel, I mean, so many people just spend their time the same way they spend their money you know, as opposed to investing their time, right? And, and investing their money. And so it really then boils down to a question of what do you want versus what do you actually need? And if you think about how your lifestyle is now, does it reflect what you actually want or does it reflect what you actually need? And so, you know, during that transitionary period, if you're in a three bedroom apartment now and it's costing you two grand a month, then, you know, maybe you go to a studio for a period of time that costs you 800 bucks a month. And rather than eating out twice a week, you don't eat out, you cook and you have rice and beans, as Dave Ramsey would say. You know, I mean, those sorts of things. And, and if you can take your monthly nut down from 5000 a month to $2,500 a month for a period of time, well, you've also cut down your transition by half, which means you don't need 100% of your income from your day job to come in to cut that rope. Now you just need yep. 50% of that income from your day job to come in from your what so that you can cut that rope. Right. So it's a really important yeah. question of, you know, how are you spending your time? Are you spending it? Or are you investing it? And then what do you want versus what do you need? Yep. Totally agree. Let's talk about the four paths. So in your book, you know, what is your, what you've talking about, you know, the one amazing thing and you reference four paths. So talk us through the four paths. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? There, there are the folks that are, are literally born with a clear understanding of what their, what is. And those folks, literally from day one, have just always been crystal clear, right? And those are the people that we usually hate, you know, just because they've always been so clear on who they are and what they do. I mean, whether it's the musician who's always played guitar or the actor who just knew they wanted to do theater or those sort of things, right? So you're going to identify with one of these four paths and, and you'll know where you are on those four paths. But, you know, I will say this, that the the birthers are very, very, very few and far between. Those folks, again, are just the people who have known from the womb who they are and and how they're naturally wired to excel and just what it is that they want to be doing with their lives, right? So that's very few and far between, but it happens. And you may be, you may very well be a a birther. There's also uh, what I would call the, the shifter. And the shifter, those are people who 
basically just have to make a, a subtle shift, if you will, to the what is your what equation, right? From the standpoint of like, maybe they just need to adjust the, the vehicle that they're using to get to where it is that they want to go. Or maybe they just need to, to shift gears on, on their gift, et cetera, right? So they might just need to do a, a subtle shift or maybe the people that they're working with you're just not feeling it anymore, right? So maybe you need to, to work with a different subset of the population. So they're the shifters. Um, maybe that's you. They're the reinventors, which are people who literally need to do something 100% different, right? Like maybe they were a lawyer and now they're teaching people how to surf in Hawaii, right? Like the people who need to completely reinvent their lives. I just hate what they're doing. There's no way to salvage it. And they end up doing something completely different, and then there's the wanderer. And, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that this is a, a bad thing. And I don't mean it in a, in a derogatory sense. But, you know, most people will just kind of wander through life without ever really having clarity about what their what is. And, you know, if you talk to some of the folks that work with those in their final days of life, they'll say, you know, that one of the most people's biggest regrets, you know, is just not the things that they did, but the things that they didn't do. Right. And so, a lot of that just stems from not having clarity around how you're naturally wired to excel and what it is that you actually should be doing. And so, you know, these aren't conversations we have around the dinner table. They're not conversations we have in most colleges. And so if you're on that wanderer path, I mean, you're certainly not alone. And there's always time to discover your what and bring that to fruition. So in your book, obviously, they can read through that and then pick which one they are. Any guidance, especially on the wanderer, like I think I, I agree, I would say, I don't know, I'm going to make a guess. Steve, you probably know the number. I'd say more than 50% of the population. I mean, there's a reason why only 10% ever make it financially. The devastation of the current state of most people's retirement savings, it's still way under 10%, even got that even sort of handled. Yeah. So what's the percent and what are some guidance, I guess, for those wanderers? And I've just heard a lot of them. I mean, you hear them, I hear them. Is that just the way that it is, you know? Yeah. I didn't come with a purpose. I didn't come with a path. And they've given up is what I would call it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would just simply say that sometimes it's, it's really just a, a matter of getting started with something that is different from what you're doing now, right? Even if you're not 100% sure in terms of exactly what your what is and what it is that you need to be doing, you know, just dip your toe in the water and get started with something that's even remotely along the same lines of what it is that you're potentially interested in doing. You know, go volunteer, go be an apprentice, go get a part-time job doing something in that industry that you think is appealing, right? But just just get started. I mean, you just you got to get off the can of yours and and go out and and do something in the world, right? From the standpoint of of immersing yourself in that industry as best as you can, even if you're unsure what it is, just do something so that you can start really understanding how you're wired to excel and what you really enjoy. Right. And so just that first step of doing something that is more aligned with what it is that you think you might want to be doing, or if you go through the, what is your, what book and you discover generally what your, what is then you just get started in that world. And it's amazing what happens when you get into motion. And when you get into motion, emotion is a natural byproduct of that. Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And if you hate it, 
you move in a different direction. And if you love it, great, then you immerse yourself in it more. So, Steve, you talked a little bit about just the transition, which was brilliant because uh, we're very lined on just get started. Like you said, there are people, though, you know them like I know them, that really not only like their job, but they they need for, I'm going to say, national, like I have a lot of military folks, you know, I'm going to say for national security. I have Air Force fighter pilot clients. I've got naval officers. I've got tons of those folks. They're not leaving the military. I've got doctors, you know, nurses, teachers. So how do they balance their, I mean, at some level you say, well, they're doing what they need to be doing, but I find a lot of them aren't totally fulfilled. So can they do it part-time? Can they just do it part-time? Can they do it in the evenings? Is there a way to do this or is it an all-in game? Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm saying is when you look at where the hours in your day go, just, I would say to, to start keeping a journal from the standpoint of just keep a time journal. You know, you don't have to sit here and document all your deepest thoughts or emotions or all that, but, you know, just keep a time journal for a week and look at where you're, you're spending your time. And if you reflect on that journal a week from now and you realize yeah, I had 40 hours that I pretty much just blew in that week. Well, then you'll realize that that's pretty much the equivalent of a full-time job, right? So, you know, the fact is we forget there's a lot of hours in the day. I mean, when people quit their day job at five o'clock, a lot of people don't go to bed until midnight. You know, I think his, yeah, forget what the exact percentage is, but around 70% of the population doesn't go to bed before midnight. So it's a huge number of people that have seven hours every day. I mean, that in and of itself is, and then you combine that with the weekends and, and you've got more time there than you do in your day job. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not saying you have to quit that day job by any stretch, especially if it's providing benefits and you got a 401k and this, that, and the other. But I will say that ultimately it just becomes uh, a reflection. Your life becomes a reflection of the, of the choices that you make. And if you choose to stay in that day job, then Quit vision about it and dig in and love it, right? I mean, it's it's a choice. Exactly. So from that, tell us about your reinvention workshop. Yeah, it's something I I used to do live. Haven't done it live for for a little while now. But basically, people would come in without a clue in terms of what their what is. And over the course of a couple of days, I would take them through the what is your what process and help them discover exactly what that is. And then lay out a, a very specific game plan for bringing that to fruition and being able to monetize it. So we actually just now offer it as an online course. So the Reinvention Workshop online course, and people can go through it at their leisure. Very inexpensive. But of course, you know, watching me take a room through a room full of people through that process is is definitely powerful. But, you know, if that's not an option for you, then we actually give the book, What Is Your What, away for free. So they can certainly start there. So tell us a little bit about that and where they can go get that. Yeah, pretty simple. Just whatisyourwhat.com. And we do give away the entire New York Times bestseller for free because I want people to discover their what. And I know if you go out and do it, you're going to make this world a better place, which ultimately makes my world a better place. So I guess you could say I give the book away for selfish reasons. But yeah, what is your whatcom Awesome. Steve, it's been great to have you. Anything else you want to tell our folks? I'd say go get the free book. Start following Steve. And if you feel like you're already on track, I would also speak to those of you that are listening from all over the world is get it to validate it. I think uh, there's a lot of books, right, that you just mm-hmm. can validate your choices and direction. And if, if you get one thing from the book, it was worth the time to go get the download. So, yeah. see anything else you want to tell our folks? 
Yeah, I mean, to that point, I mean, sometimes it's just a matter of refining the the edges just a little bit. And ultimately, that that does make all the difference. But yeah, I mean, in summary, I would just simply say that, you know, you, you are the solution to someone's problem. And, and there are people who are literally waiting and, and praying for you to show up in their lives right now. And I do believe that it's our obligation to do whatever we can do to reach them. And once you do reach them and they can get up off of their knees and, and stop praying because you've shown up in their lives, then I think it's time for them to start paying, right? So you should be paid extraordinarily well for what comes as naturally to you as breathing and uh, hopefully what is your what and uh, Laurel and all those other resources that you got access to here can help. Awesome. Steve, thank you. And those of you that are listening to uh, Laurel's Real Money Talks on a regular basis, at any time on any podcast, you can go to asklaurel.com, which is A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com. Put in your name, phone number, ask a question, make a request, and we will be right back with you on a daily basis. So don't let a day go by that you're not asking the questions that you need to move your life forward. So Steve, thank you. And those of you that are out listening and uh, pass it on, you've enjoyed the podcast. And we'll be back next week on another Real Laurel's Real Money Talks. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth-building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question, and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week. Every week.